0: If you're new here, my name's Christian, I'm the lead pastor here at City Light, and um, if it's your first time, second time, we're so excited that you've decided to join us. Listen, we know that there's a lot of other options on Sunday mornings, right? There's a lot of churches, um, there's also like your bed. And, uh, and coffee that could just like be more exciting than what's happening here. Hopefully not, but um, we're just really, it's, it's an honor that you would come be with us. We know we think faith is sacred. We think it's important to life. And so for you to join us uh, means a lot. And so we don't take it lightly. Um, we've been going through a series called Unstuck. And so this is our last week. Um, I'm I'm excited to kick off the series next week, so I really hope that you are thinking about that and praying about that, but I want to reiterate something I said last week. So, you know, This is something, in in, in all the teaching series we do, we're not just trying to fill up time, right? We're not just trying to like make sure we have something to entertain. We're actually looking for to help people. We're looking to to help us and you and to see our lives transform. And so if this series has been striking a chord with you, I'm sure the four teachings have been wonderful. But if you feel like you need something more, if you feel like I am stuck, I would encourage you to, to talk to your small group leader, to so talk to your small group to get some advice or counsel or prayer. Um, if you're not in a small group right now um, or, you know, whatever, if, if you want to talk to me or Jonathan, you know, shoot us an email. That's what we're here for. We'll connect you. You know, I probably can't help because I'm not that great at that kind of stuff, but I'll connect you with somebody who can. And we can, we can work together. So we've talked about uh, the baggage of our past. That was the first week. We talked about the scarcity mindset and the power of shame. That was the second week. And last week, we talked about the need to be vulnerable and that we were never meant to carry our burdens alone. And so I just, I really want to encourage you that if God is stirring something up in you, don't stay stuck. Don't keep it to yourself. Well, I would, we would love to work with you. So, um... This week, we're going to cover the last topic, and then, uh, and then we'll move into next week's teaching. Um, so, But first, I had a couple... Oh, they're gone. Oh, I had some memes, and they disappeared on me. I don't know what happened. I must not have saved them. Well, I'm going to act them out for you. <laughs> all right? Um, no, they were all like daylight savings time memes. I don't know what I did wrong. Okay. Well, that's a good start. Welcome to City Light. So, my name's Christian, and uh, we're going to get started. So... Um, have you ever done anything in your life that's backfired? So think about your life. We've got a couple. Yeah, it's like this morning, right? Uh, anything that you did that backfired? Um, I was, we had a big tree fall down at my house. Uh, I think it was like a year and a half ago. I mean, we're talking like giant. Um, it fell down in kind of two stages. The first stage, it fell. The second stage, we cut the rest of it down. And so we, you know, we spent weeks cleaning this thing up. And, uh, and you know, I'm not like skilled at many things, to be honest, but um, especially I'm not skilled with like a chainsaw, but I love using a chainsaw. So I don't know, do we have any other people who love using chainsaws but aren't good at it? Okay, at least, okay, good. It's really fun. Um, uh, we did, we, I had to use it so much that it like, after you turned it off, you still were doing this. So it was a little bit overkill, but um, so, you know, being not skilled, there, I made a couple mistakes. Fortunately, I didn't cut anything off, so I'm good, but I'll tell you about one of the mistakes. So, I was, you know, you, you try to like make sure you cut the branches in a good order so that they don't fall on you. That's like goal number one, right? And, um, and so I was cutting one that I thought I, I, was, I was standing on part of it, okay? And I was cutting another one and I thought, yeah, I, I, I thought about the math and everything. If I cut this, it'll just fall. It's not going to hit me. It's not going to hit the branch. It's, it's all good. Right? So what I didn't know is that this branch was under a ton of tension. And so when I cut the branch, the other part of it went right at me like lightning speed. Now, fortunately, I have the reflexes of like a cheetah. So um, I, I matrixed that thing you know, with, with the chainsaw. And I have no idea how it missed me. But it, it, was, it was one of those things where you stop and you're like, that could have been really, really bad right? It just went like right by me, but it was intense. And, uh, And it definitely, it backfired. And I was thinking about what I want to talk about today is unforgiveness. And the thing with unforgiveness is it does the opposite of what you intend it to do. It backfires on you. And so I was intending to cut this thing and I ended up almost hurting myself. And I want to just talk about today, that's what unforgiveness does. Unforgiveness, we think, is something we are doing to other people. You hurt me, and so I'm going to, I'm going to not forgive you. You don't deserve to be forgiven. You haven't earned my forgiveness, and so I am going to not forgive you. But really, the person who's getting hurt there is us. Unforgiveness hurts us. It backfires and brings us Pain, it brings us bitterness and resentment, and it's like that branch coming back at you. You think you might be cutting them off. You think you you might be hurting them in some way, but the majority of what unforgiveness does is it comes back and hits you in the face, and I want to talk about that today. It's kind of a heavy topic. So I just want to acknowledge that. That's why we're going to give you food afterwards because you can just forget about everything that I say and ignore it. Okay. But for like, for like 25 minutes, we're going to, it's just going to be a heavy topic. I was like stressing out that I don't have any really funny stories. And then I realized it's because this is not funny. Like unforgiveness, unforgiveness is because someone's hurt you. Right. So if I, if I asked you the question, um, do you have unforgiveness in your heart? Right. Most of us would be like, no. Like that's not something we would all think. Yeah, I've got a lot of unforgiveness in my heart. Let me tell you about it. No, most of us would feel like I, I'm I'm a forgiving person. I don't carry grudges. I don't have any any baggage like that from the past. So I would just like to press that button a little bit because I think that all of us have wounding. Like we uh, a book that I'm reading by John Orberg. He talks about how we're all like porcupines trying to live in really close community. Right, As we get closer and closer to each other, eventually we're going to poke each other the wrong way, right? We're going to hurt each other. We're all walking around with quills sticking out of us. Some of those quills have been there for like 30 years and we've like done a really good job of like covering it up and bandaging it. But if you get hit in that area, it still hurts. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I've actually got a cracked rib right now, right here. It's really nice. That's true story. And, uh, and, and if you touch me in the wrong way, I will fall down and cry like a child. It is not an exaggeration. Like, you could walk up to this side of me, you could punch me on this side of my body. See? Normal, fine. My nine year old daughter, we were, we were in the mall the other day, and she jokingly punched me, and I was like, oh, like in public. I sneezed the other day, and I almost had to go to the hospital. That's how bad this hurts. And that's what it's like when we have we have these spots of unforgiveness in our life. And if you, you can ignore it, like I'm not thinking about it right now. But as soon as somebody pokes you in that spot where you haven't dealt with that pain, things happen. So you've got you might it might be your parents. It might be from when you were a kid. You've got stuff you may have stuff that you haven't Worked through yet. It may be from a spouse. It may be from a, a friend. I mean, we're talking like betrayal and breaking of trust. We're talking about just mean-spirited things or things people say off the cuff that they didn't necessarily intend to be mean, but you've remembered for years. You remember when they said that thing. They've probably forgotten it, but it's stuck like a barb in your heart. Right, It really can come from, from so many different directions. It can come from churches. Some of you may be walking around with, with you know, broken ribs from churches, with, with quills stuck in you from things people have said to you at church or ways people have looked at you and there's, there's, there's this hurt and this pain that we carry around with us. And I think what we'd like to do is say, I'm over it. Like that's what we'd like to say. I'm over it. It's all good. But that's denial, you know, that's, that, and that doesn't bring the healing that God wants for us. See, when you read the teachings of Jesus, he doesn't ever let us off the hook. He doesn't let us sit in our brokenness, in our pain, in our self-delusion. But he calls all of that to the surface. And he says, trust me with the most difficult parts of your life because I want to bring you healing. That's why he said he wants to give us life abundantly. So this is the question for today. How do we forgive when it still hurts? Because if you wait for it not to hurt, or if you wait for it to feel okay, you may never get there. So listen, forgiveness doesn't require you to feel like forgiving someone. And that's, I mean, I'm just telling you, this teaching is not an easy one where we're going to go. I want to read to you, we call this the book of Ephesians. And if you're new to church, Paul was um, an early Christian who wrote a large majority of the New Testament and he wrote this letter to the churches in Ephesus. So we call it the book of Ephesians. And I want to read this to you. So he says, listen, get rid of all bitterness. So he's talking about having relationship together. So we can take this on a, on a micro scale, microcosm, we can take, and we can blow it out bigger. But this is like in your family, in your friendship circle. And then you can take it bigger and you can take it to church. Like this, this we need in church. Like the kind of community we're trying to create here that I talked about last week is going to make us bump into lives that is going to end up hurting us. Like we are all imperfect and our leadership is imperfect. And so like, if you think, oh, you know, this church, you're know, like, something's going to happen. I'm going to say something. I'm going to do something. The person sitting next to you is going to say something or do something that's going to hurt you eventually. It's not when, it's not if, it's when. And so this is, this is community, Christian community. We have to be willing To bring this stuff up. So he says, listen, instead of living in unforgiveness, which results in bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice, he's going to give us a better way. But this is how you know. This is how you know you haven't worked something out. Like, have you ever been washing the dishes and in your mind, you're like having this incredible argument with that person you're still mad at and you're like coming up with all the best zingers? Come on, let's do a show of hands. I got one, two, there we go. Honesty is sweeping the room. Yeah. And you're like, why couldn't I have thought of that in person, right? That's such a good one. You write it down, put it in your phone for No, just kidding. You don't do that. That's, that's bitterness. That's bitterness. Or, or when something little happens and it sets off a disproportionate reaction of anger or frustration, that's a sign. That's like, that's like the rib, right? If you touch this, I'm going to freak out. Everybody's going to be so weird to me during the picnic. I can already tell. Like when my family hugs me now, they're like... Is this okay? Right? But when you have a disproportionate amount of rage or anger that comes out, you know something inside of me is still unhealed. So he says this. No, be kind. This would be a great teaching just to sit on that word for a little while. If we could just be kind. Be compassionate. means think about the other person. Forgive each other. And here's the key right here. Just as in Christ, God forgave you forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. So he's telling us, how do we get over, how do we forgive even if it still hurts? And he's telling us, this is not an easy message, but he's saying, forgive as Jesus forgave you. So I was going to title this teaching, you have to get your as in gear. But then I thought maybe I'd get in trouble. But then I said it anyway. So now we'll see. How, email me if that offended you. I apologize. But this is what we need to do. We need to forgive. Sorry. <laughs> she's like so stupid and inappropriate. Okay. <laughs> Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example. That's always kind of a hard calling, right? Therefore, as dearly loved children, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us. See, this is the thing. Jesus doesn't want us comparing ourselves to each other. He wants us to set our vision higher, to look at who Jesus is. And when he talks about forgiveness, and when he talks about love, he says, just look at how I have modeled it for you. So I want to read the, the message version. So if you're unfamiliar with the, with the Bible, there's, there's different translations, different ways of translating from the Greek into English. And the message version was written by this really amazing pastor named Eugene Peterson. And uh, he was actually leading a Bible study in Baltimore. I love this story. And the guys that he was trying to lead, the the, the version of the Bible he was reading with them, they just didn't click. So he just started rewriting parts of the Bible in the common vernacular of his day. This was like in the 80s. And he kept doing it one book at a time and eventually ended up finishing the whole Bible. So it's pretty amazing if you've ever read it. So listen, it says, watch what God does and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. I would add that if your love is not cautious, it's risky. And isn't love risky? I mean, that's what we're talking about. Relationships are risky. You can't love someone and totally protect yourself from getting hurt. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. So here's, here's the big thought for today. We, I want to think of forgiveness as a gift. And I wanna, I'm going to unpack that. We're going to talk about it a little bit more. But I want you to think of forgiveness instead of something that someone earns from you. Something that you give. And that forgiveness is a gift of mercy that you give to others. But ultimately, when you forgive someone, you're giving yourself the gift. That ultimately, this is the best thing you can do for yourself. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's think about how did God forgive us? First off, God didn't minimize it. So, you know, we've all been through this conversation probably before. And I know there's some people sitting here who the thing you're thinking about or the relationship you're thinking about or the church you're thinking about, it wasn't like a small thing. Like this is a big deal. And I want you to hear that forgiveness isn't excusing something. It's not minimizing it. It's not saying it was okay. In fact, when, when, I, when my kids apologize, I don't let them say it was okay. It wasn't okay. Otherwise you wouldn't have to ask for forgiveness, right? And God didn't excuse it. In fact... His forgiveness cost him a whole lot, right? That's why he went to the cross was to take our sin upon him. So God's, if we're saying forgive each other as Christ forgave us, number one is we're not minimizing it. We're not, I'm not asking you and Jesus isn't asking you to minimize what's been done to you. In fact, I would say our eyes should be wide open to acknowledge the pain that's been caused. And and if any act to like minimize it or deny it is only gonna resurface later in your life. So first off, don't minimize it. Second, he gave up the right for vengeance. And this is what unforgiveness is. Unforgiveness is the desire for you to feel what you've done to me. I want you to get what I just got and maybe more, okay? He gave up that right because he could have. And Jesus said, I came not to bring judgment but to bring salvation. See, that was his statement. He was giving up vengeance. He had a right to punish us for our sins. And yet he chose to take that punishment on himself. He didn't wait for us to earn it. Paul writes that while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That's us. He didn't wait till you got your life together, got your act together. And he's still not waiting for that. He loved you and died for you and rose from the dead for you before you ever got close to earning it. And he gave his forgiveness as a free gift of mercy. We're going to see this in some scripture we're going to look at. So here we go. God gave you the gift of forgiveness so you could give it to others. That's where we want to start. This gift was given to you. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. But what's great about that is that's the message. Like you might be sitting here today and maybe you haven't been to church in a long time. Maybe you've never been to church and maybe you thought church was about, I have to perform. I have to get this done and check these things off this list and then God will accept me and then church will accept me. And the thing is you can never earn it. You can never be good enough for God's love. You can never be good enough for God's salvation. It's a gift that he gives you. And that's why, like, it's, it's so much easier to respond to love than it is to judgment, isn't it? And it's God's kindness that leads us to change. It's his love that leads us to repentance, to turning our lives around. He gave us this free gift, and that's what inspires us to give that gift to other people. So I'm going to give you three points on how to do this. The first one is to give up on vengeance, And here's the point I've been making the whole time. Unforgiveness only hurts you. Vengeance is the desire to get back at people. John Ortberg says that uh, vengeance is like drinking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. It's all about you and it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it's about them, but that's the trick. That's the deceit that happens with unforgiveness is you're waiting for something to happen that's never going to happen. And while you're waiting, you're poisoning your own soul. And I know that it's not easy. This is what I want to talk about. Like forgiving someone who's legitimately hurt you. Forgiving someone who's broken your trust, who's broken your heart. Forgiving someone who actually is unsafe and you shouldn't even reconcile with. Like forgiveness and reconciliation are different. You can forgive someone who isn't even alive anymore. You can forgive someone who you should stay away from because they are an unsafe person. Now, you can forgive someone to move towards reconciliation. That's a really good thing if it's appropriate. But forgiveness is about you and your heart and what you want to live in. Unforgiveness is putting yourself in the prison that you can't get out of because you're waiting for someone else to change. And that's not forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't based on the other person and their behavior and their decisions. Oh, as I've thought about this, I don't know if that's radical to you, but that's an, that was like an eye-opening thought for me. So this is what another section we're... Ro- uh, I got a lot more scripture up here today than normal because some of these we just need to read. This is Paul again in a different book, the book of Romans. He says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. See, here's the cycle. And guys, don't we see this in the world? Like, look at the world, look at, look at nations that can't get over, that can't forgive, and so they repay evil with evil with evil, and you look at the situation, and you're like, I don't think anyone's right anymore. Guys, I see this happening on social media. I see it happen with Christians on social media. And honestly, I think it grieves God's heart where someone says one thing and then another person says another thing and then a, and we categorize and we polarize and we demonize. And Paul's writing, stop. Do not repay evil for evil. So what? Someone said something to you. See, what Christianity does that's different than like America is America's all about stand up for your rights. Christianity's all about give up your rights for others. I'm not talking about becoming a victim and letting people walk all over you, but I am talking about it's not all about you. And Jesus constantly calls you to take the high road. It's not fair. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. And that's why Jesus said, forgive as I forgave you. Forgive as I forgave you. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Don't take revenge, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. And basically what he's saying is like, okay, I could go for really deep into this, but you, you're not the judge. Would you want to be? Like, just think about this for a second. Anybody read the book, The Shack? Anybody read that book? There's a section in there where God lets the guy be the judge, and the guy like loses it, right? He's like, oh my gosh, I cannot... I can't be the judge. I can't be the one who decides your eternal destiny. That's way too much for me to handle. When we, when we do this, when we sit in unforgiveness, we put ourselves in God's place on someone else's life. And he's saying, stop that. Let me handle that person. You got enough on your plate just dealing with yourself. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, this is where Jesus goes crazy. All right, this is Paul talking, but he's referring to a teaching that Jesus gave that I'm going to read in a little bit. This is why, like, it's... Can I just, like... All right, I'm just going to... I know I'm already preaching, but I'm going to get on my soapbox. I'm going to preach a little more. Like, you know, people just want to say, like, like, well, Christians, you just need to be nice and love everybody, and that's all there is to it. And I'm like, not really. Like, Christianity is is... So much greater than that. Like Christianity, to be totally honest, following Jesus is so much harder than I think we paint it sometimes. He says, love your enemies. He says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. If doing this, you'll keep burning coals on his head. That's not what you think it is. Okay, so the, I've read two things. This could either mean it's a metaphor for as you do nice things, eventually you will draw them back to relationship, right? It'll be in conviction on their head. I've also read that like, this was a really nice thing people would do that they would come share their coals and you would carry it on a basket to go start your own fire, all right? So I don't care. Either way, it's G- Paul is not saying you will destroy your enemy because that would make no sense at all. Be nice to him, be nice to him, set him on fire, right? <laughs> That's not what it's saying. Do not be overcome by evil. Guys, as you're sitting on Facebook and someone comes at you, do not be overcome by evil. When your spouse says that same thing that they've said and you just want to let them have it, do not be overcome by evil. When your parents... Your parents are perfect, actually, never mind. Um, Now, when your parents... Say that same thing. They nitpick that same area that you have refused to mature and grow up in. Don't repay evil for evil. When your kids talk back to you, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Don't flip out. Don't fight evil with evil. I mean, that's a real message. Overcome evil with good. Love your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. That's the gospel message that I think is just so countercultural and so against the way we want to behave. Okay, so you got to give up on vengeance. The first step to, un- to finding forgiveness is giving up on vengeance. The second step is giving up on fairness. And this is so un-American, and honestly, it's so un-me. I really care about things being fair. I really, really, really care about it. And it makes me angry, physically angry, when I see things that are unfair, referees that are unfair, um, you know, like my kids... Playing in situations that are unfair. Uh, one time my, my kids were littler and they were playing with some kids in my, in my like driveway basketball. And there was this older kid who was kind of being really unfair to my younger kids. So, you know, I did the thing that every adult, I'm going to say adult male, but I don't want to be sexist. So every adult, but especially males, you know, where you like go out and you're like, okay, kid, let me show you, you know, and you dominate some child in basketball to prove a point. Has anyone else ever done that? No, okay. Um, right, I care about fairness, but forgiveness isn't fair, guys. Forgiveness isn't based on merit, it's based on mercy. You're never gonna say you've earned it. You want to be able to say that, and maybe like, maybe some of those reconciliation things, you'll feel, well, they really seem sincere and they've asked my forgiveness, but they can't undo what they've done. So it is done, it is hurtful, it was wrong, you've been wronged, you've been wounded. But in spite of that, I choose to forgive you. It's about mercy. And if we spend our lives waiting for someone to earn it, we're gonna be stuck in our own bitterness for the rest of our lives. Jesus says this, to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, Pray for those who mistreat you. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high. It ties into what we were talking about. Do as Jesus did. Forgive like Jesus forgave, like a parent leading a child. Imitate what God does because he is kind. Listen to this verse. I've read this verse so many times this week. It is mind-blowing. It doesn't say he is kind to the repentant and people who ask your forgiveness and people who are willing to go do the go the extra mile and help you out and talk about how great you are and make you feel better about yourself. He says he is kind. Can can everybody read that? The ungrateful. That's just another pet peeve of mine, you know, when your kids are ungrateful. Anyway, all right. (laughs) Kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. So somebody hurts my feelings. Someone does something mean. Someone talks by my back. Someone says something about my character. Someone disrespects me. And there's no remorse. And there's no repentance. And they don't recant. In fact, they double down because they have a grudge to bear against me. And God would say, be kind to that person. Be merciful to that person. Guys, it's a a high calling to forgive as Jesus forgives. It's a high call. It's not easy. We have to give up on vengeance. We have to give up on fairness. We have to give up our right. But see, when we try to hold on to our right, what we're really holding on to is our pain. What we're really holding on to is the, the poison. And you think it's hurting them, but you're really hurting yourself. And I don't want to minimize. Remember the first thing I said, we're not minimizing. Like I know some, of, some people in here well, we're, like, as you're listening, you're like Christian, but you don't know. You don't know how bad he treated me. You don't know how much it hurt. You don't know how long it went on for. But I do know that God's forgiveness, it's bigger than all, anything that, you, that we can talk about. Now I'm not saying it's instant, for many of us, this is a process. For some of us, it's going to require counseling. It's going to require prayer. It's going to require healing prayer over time. Like this isn't like, oh, I heard a great teaching. Woo! Those first 15 years of my life, I'm better, right? No, that's not what I think's happening here. But I do think this is a mindset of forgiveness that is going to lead you into health and healing. Be merciful. Okay, so we're not gonna, we're gonna give up on vengeance. We're gonna give up on fairness and we're gonna give the gift of forgiveness. I don't know if anyone's noticing, but I used give all three times. It's pretty cool. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Okay, Uh, forgiveness is the gift of mercy you give to others and to yourself. That's where we started. This is a gift. It really is. If we can detach it from other people earning it and from getting payback and we start to think this is a gift. I am choosing to give to someone who didn't earn it. And we've all done this. We all love people who, right? You're not like sitting around waiting for your friends to earn your love or if you have kids for your kids to earn your love. Like we know what this means. It's harder to do when someone's hurt you. So how are we going to do this? I don't know. End of teaching. All right. So this is what I would say for me. I think that it's impossible to do this. And Jesus says in one place, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And if you're here today and, and you're, you're not a follower of Jesus, you're not sure what you think about God yet, I think that the, the advice I gave works, and you can work on that. You can give the gift of forgiveness, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. But if you are a follower of Jesus, this is what I would say to you. I would say that the way that you do this is by having Jesus formed inside of you, that this is a lifelong process that we're in. And Jesus isn't so much interested in the result, oh, I forgave someone, as in the process of coming to the place where you can forgive. What happens inside of you when you choose to let go of vengeance, when you choose to humble yourself, when you choose to think of others better than yourself, is you're, you're making choices that are forming Christ inside of you. Does that make sense? You're forming the character of Christ. You're forming the character of Jesus in you. And that's ultimately what this is all about. We're all on this journey, whether you believe in Jesus or not. I believe we're all on this spiritual journey and I'm hoping you find Jesus. And then for those of you who are with Jesus on this journey, it's, it's not about stagnancy and like, oh yeah, I found Jesus. I'm in, right? That's not the goal. That's not the goal. Anything you read in the Bible, that is not the goal. The goal is an onward progression of becoming more like the person God created you to be and becoming more like the person we're supposed to be imitating. And so when we choose forgiveness over unforgiveness, there's all sorts of good stuff happening in our heart and our character. Humility is overcoming pride. Selflessness is overcoming selfishness right? Compassion. Thinking about, think about this. Part of forgiveness is I see you, the the person who has hurt me, as a child of God. That's really hard. Like you, you've perpetrated something against me, but God somehow still loves you. And God somehow still has a plan for you, right? It's, It's forming the character of God, the character of Christ inside of you. So, with man, I think a lot of this is really hard. But with God, all things are possible. And when we say, God, teach me forgiveness. Teach me humility. Teach me that laying my life down for others. It starts to form something deep inside of us that's, that's more important, honestly, than like, whatever, I don't want to put anything else down. But it's, but it's what it's about. Like, when, when the rubber hits the road in life, it's not going to be your belief system that's going to like, carry you through. It's going to be your character and how much you've let what, what's up here and what you've heard get into who you are. Get into who you are. Form who you are and how you treat other people. Okay. A lot of soapboxes today. All right. Oh, just for a second, I forgot why I put that there. Okay. Um, let's have the, the worship team come on up. We're going to finish with a song. So who is it for you? And we're going to pass out some cards right now as well um, that you can take home with you. Now listen, some of this, if, if you don't you know, want to do this, obviously you're not forced to do this, but on the card, um, I've given you the verse that we talked about today and I've given you a prayer. And I was thinking like, if, if, you're, if this is stirring something up in you, this week, just keep this card somewhere, you know, by your, your kitchen table or bedside table or whatever and just meditate on this verse and pray this prayer like once a day this week. And just see what God begins to start to do in your heart with the who. So it might, like we've talked about, like, is this your, is this your parents? You know, even if your parents have passed, it could still be something from your childhood that you're holding on to. Is, is this a spouse or, or someone that you've broken up with in the past that hurt you deeply? Is this an, a friend or an old friend? So whoever that is, you can bring this situation to Jesus. Right, He doesn't expect you to like, fix this instantly, but I would say invite him into this process. So there's a little prayer there. If you don't want to do it, that's fine, but just want to give you the opportunity to start to walk in forgiveness and invite God to, to do this in your heart. Okay, so we're going uh, to end with a song. What we do here at City Light, we always end with a response and reflection time because we don't want to run through the teaching and then run you out. So um, we're going to, ooh, the food's over there. Hmm. All right, so we're going to do prayer on that side. We just keep moving it. You're never going to know where prayer is going to be. Next week, parking lot, all right? Uh, So if a couple of our prayer people could go over to that wall, Um, if you would like prayer, and I know this is like sensitive, you could get prayer and you could say, listen, I don't want to tell you about it. Can you just pray for me? I need God just to work in my heart for forgiveness. Okay, that's totally fine. You can get prayer during this last song. The rest of us are just going to sing. So if you want to stand up, we're going to sing the song together. And then we'll close with a final prayer and some instructions for the picnic.